0: That was a little bit of a forceful yo. Yo, right? And man, I just never know. Yo, yo. Anyway, welcome to the Where It Went podcast, where we are typically doing uh episodes covering the Revelation Records discography in chronological order. But sometimes when you're driving down the highway, you know, we travel to Arizona quite often because my Myself and my wife are both from there. And sometimes something on the side of the highway just catches our eye and we got to pull off and maybe go to a cool truck stop and look for you know one of those three wolves howling at the moon shirt or some incense or some sage or something. And that's kind of like what this episode is. It's pulling off the highway and taking a look at something interesting. So Jason, why don't you tell us what we're going to talk about today, and
1: who we have an interview with. So, on the side of the highway today, I could not help but notice how nice the layouts for Speak Out, Start Today, New York City Hardcore The Way It Is compilation, and of course, Judge, bring in, I-N, it down. Apostrophe. Look.
2: We said this is the big, we refer to this as the big, this is the big four. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Design-wise. Agreed. Of that era. Of that era, yeah. Yeah, so this is, uh, this is what was said, Volume 2. Volume 2. With Grammy Award-winning
1: creative director for Sony Music and the man behind those records that we know and love that came out in Revelation
2: Records, Dave Bet. Dave bet. I th- people are going to, and I'll say this for those that may, you know, be like, ah, oh, I thought you were going to be doing what's next. Oh, shelter. I yeah. thought shelter would be this week. Um, I don't know much about design. I don't really know anything about design. I know when things look cool yeah. and I will tell you that this is a really fun, interesting conversation. You don't need to know about design at all to enjoy it. Um, we, We we talk about everything from hardcore to, uh, you know, the design work for Revelation to the Grammys to Easy e There's a little bit of everything um, in here for people. So I really think uh, people will enjoy it. Yeah, there's a lot of history. And
0: if you're interested in music, if you're interested in design, if you're interested Mm -hmm. in Revelation Records, if you're interested in podcasts, I think that this is a good, you know, not too long interview conversation and it was it was fun and interesting to do and moved very quickly i was like oh yeah we'll be in and out in an hour right and then i was like oh shit it's an hour and a half i need to cut this no we were like <laughs> and then i keep saying well one more question so i could i seriously could have kept asking him questions Same. about these records and um some of the some of the post-rev material that we started covering. Like, I, 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 we could have got lost yeah, in that. True. I, I, I could have kept asking about that stuff. Um, but before we get into the interview, Greg, I'm going to steal your line. Do you think that it's time to...
3: What's up Revelation Records fans? Joe from Hellminded Records here to fill you in on some of the killer records we're churning out. So stick around for just one minute and I'll drop some info on how to win a free Shades Apart test press along with a special coupon code for our web store at HellmindedRecords.com. Kicking things off is the first record in 19 years by New Jersey's finest power trio and former Revelation recording artist Shades Apart. Mixed and mastered at the Blasting Room, Eternal Echo is a 10-song shredder which is now available on limited blue ocean waves and black vinyl. Keep an eye on in 2021 for more coming from Shades Apart. Next in line, the first release in over 27 years from legendary New Jersey hardcore unit No Escape. Featuring Tim Singer of Dead Guy and Kiss a Goodbye along with Steve Credello of Turning Point, this brand new six-song 12-inch is due out late January 2021. Pre-orders begin early December 2020 at hellmindedrecords.com. On deck for spring 2021, we've got several killer releases in the hopper, including the debut LP by South Philly's crossover thrashers, Honey. Featuring Jay Laughlin from Turning Point on guitar and vocals, this record is for fans of Power Trip, Iron Reagan, and Mindforce. And that's all for now. Thanks for listening, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at HellMindedRecords and sign up for our mailing list for a chance to win a free Shades Apart test press. You can also use the code WHERE IT WENT to save 10% on any order between now and November 30th, 2020, at HellMindedRecords.com.
2: All right, so that We're was. Uh... No, we got to shout it. Shout it. Oh, yeah. It.
0: You're going to, oh, I see what you're doing here. You're talking about the ad. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I, I don't know if I feel right about calling it a commercial. Uh, mm. A radio spot, <laughs> I guess. I I know. It's,
2: I know what you mean because to me it's just like, oh, it's my friend Joe talking over cool music, telling right. you about cool music he's releasing and there's a, there's a download code. Yeah, um, I think that's really and cool. And I thought, you know, one thing I want to shout with, with, uh, with Hell Minded, um, you know, I know last time I mentioned they're releasing the one-up discography. We got a name for it now, many miles long, um, summer 2021, stoked about that. But they had a Black Friday sale and uh, 50%, I believe, of the proceeds went to the Trevor Project. And I think stuff like that's awesome. So, like, I'm just super proud to be, uh, you know, working with a label like that, and you know, showcasing a label like that on the pod. And people should definitely check out the website and order some stuff.
0: Um, Yeah, I've I've, I've I I believe that I saw that the No Escape. Uh, record the time got pushed back because of pressing plant and apparently that's a a huge thing right now i know the vanguard uh press record pressing has been pushed back because of that and you know a lot of it has to do with not just the societal shutdowns that we are experiencing right now but Mm -hmm. it's just a strange time for producing physical products for music anyway i run a label that only presses cassettes and last year america ran out of tape the mm. tape that goes inside of a cassette there was a shortage of it so uh, like there was delays for that there's delays for vinyl there was like two main plants for um not mastering but like cutting plates or something like that and one of them burnt down last year oh that's right so and who like, lost
1: all of their stuff there was a company that we know Universal a, Was it yeah. Universal yeah, all, or Fire yeah. in the office and they lost a bunch of masters Yeah yeah. yeah. there was bucks. a band so, that we know and love that lost their masters I can't remember who I know that
0: Yeah so it's that uh, it's interesting because w- so I, I know this this conversation could be kind of dated because we're talking about things that are ha- current affairs but last night I went to a friend's house and we watched a Liam Gallagher, quote unquote, live stream. And he was like, oh man, but the thing is, I only get to watch this once. Like the the live stream wasn't saved. It was just like, you sit there and you watch it the one time. And I was like, that's f- actually fucking awesome. Yeah, that's like going to a show. That's okay. going to a show. That's like, there's something to me that's exciting about a potentially self-destructive aspect of art where it's like you have a finite amount of time to experience this art these episodes that we're creating you could go back to someone could discover this episode in five years uh-huh. 10 years whatever however long it's hosted online but yeah. i really appreciate art that maybe you know like a I have records where you have to break a seal, or you have to open an envelope, or something yeah. like that, and then it's it's like done forever. And I think that, that that's actually really cool. But as Doctor Octagon says in one of his songs, "I'm destructive." Whoa, that was that was me. a dope that's part. like something <laughs> good. That from, that's the that yeah, that's something that I, I I I tell my wife that all the time. I'm destructive, and she's like,
2: "Well, <laughs> what do you?" Saying? I think you know especially with hardcore, a lot of it, it that, you know, even when we started going to shows like, yeah, there'd be video, people videotaping. I mean, that's dating my, like, I still say like, Oh, you know, did hate five, six videotape this? Like, that's yeah. just how I, you know, just speak because we're from the days where you'd see somebody with the big camcorder, yeah. you know, recording. And while I think it's cool to document stuff, there was something also cool about being like, you know, at a show, moment. and you're there in the moment. Yeah. And when it's there, when it's done, you were either yeah. there or you weren't, and that's it. Um. So, you know, that's that's something definitely to think about. But um, I I also wanted to just give a bit of bow to everybody who reached out about the judge episode. Mm, yeah. Um, it meant a lot. It seemed like this was one that really resonated with a lot of people. Um, and, you know, we just really appreciate those guys, you know, Porcel and Mike, Mm -hmm. uh, for opening up, uh, and, and talking about everything with us and, and trusting us to properly represent, um, you know, what judge were and what judge are. So, you know, shout out to, you know, Mike judge, shout out to Parmananda Porcel, um, you know, it was awesome. And and I also want a bit of Bo Hav for opening up uh, at the intro because we had people reach out and say that they really appreciated the honesty. And that's something that we try to do here is be honest. And sometimes people might not like it if we, you know, Javier has a hot take or, you know, something. But we're just trying to be honest. We're not trying to, yeah. you know, look cool for anybody or or anything like that. So,
0: yeah, I actually had um, a couple friends of the pod and just, you know, people reach out to me. Um, uh, Brooklyn, Dirk, uh, Nathan Bean, Don, John Orton, you know, a few people just like reach out to me. Some of those people I'm in group chats with, some are, you know, communicate just through Instagram or whatever. And they're just like, yo, like what you said what Mike judge said that episode, it was a a really powerful thing. So, uh, I, I would like to, um, I don't even want to say bit at bow. I just want to send a lot of love to everybody who is either themselves struggling with addiction, who is overcoming addiction, who is maybe in the middle of addiction or has, you know, come out on top of addiction and, um, Also, if you are a straight edge person, and you have someone in your life who maybe you think is struggling, reach out, reach out, ask them if they need anything, Uh, maybe offer some sort of distraction. Um, I actually had a time in my life where I reached out to a person who was straight edge and said, hey, I'm in trouble with my um, habits. And I need a straight edge person to hang out with so that I cannot do that stuff. And I was completely let down. They said, yes, I'll I'll take care of you. I'll help you out. And then I never heard from them again. And unfortunately, I'll never forget that. And yeah, it sucks, um, man. Yeah, and it, it, sucks. It, it was, yeah, it was, it was a, a, a terrible experience. And so if you have uh, now on the other side of, you know, being, uh, in the middle of addiction or whatever, I have reached out to people that I hung out with before and was like, Hey, what you're doing is fucking dumb. And I know it's dumb because I was doing it with you. So why don't you fucking knock it off? And you know, that might not be well received, but sometimes people, uh, you know, they need it to be, uh, keep it simple and keep it clear. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I think that everybody has a responsibility, especially right now in these really fucked up times to look out for one another, check in on one, one another. And, um, you know, just make sure that that your friends are doing okay.
2: And if you're, if you're straight edge, you know, don't, you know, I I know a lot of, I think a lot of straight edge people have a tendency to like, Oh, did you hear so-and-so broke edge Sure, and then make it this like, judgmental, you know, thing or, oh man. And Javier's right. Instead, maybe reach out. Hey, I, I heard that, you know, are you okay? What are you doing? You want to come play
0: Yahtzee? You want to come play Trivial Pursuit? but
2: But also, I think one thing that people that are knee deep and straight edge sometimes don't realize is that just because someone stops being straight edge doesn't necessarily mean that they're, lying in a gutter with a needle in their arm either there's people who can
0: and if um, they are then you should go and pick them up out of that exactly
2: yeah and not
0: just be like oh well serves you right right and and if that is your friend then you should help them if it's just you know i don't want to say like if it's just some random person you don't have to help them i think we all have an uh obligation at on some sort of human level to want to help people um But, you know, especially if it is your friend, you know, and it does get hard because at a certain point, like, man, addicts are really hard to deal with sometimes and not everybody has the uh, emotional strength to deal with that. But maybe you could point them towards someone who has or at least suggested or, you know, I don't know. It's a really
2: complicated situation. It is. Yeah, too much, it is too much for us to get into. Too much to but get I wanted into. to, I wanted to get that out there that yeah. I really appreciate. And uh, I mean, this, I, I love all the episodes we've done, truly, mm-hmm. and I, I love the conversations we've had. But this one for the for the judge album, really, I think, I think now this will bring, be
1: one.
0: Bringing it down episode is the most emotional episode I think that we'll have in
2: the this journey. Yeah, Agreed. this journey. Yeah, so. All right. Um, should we get into the interview, or do you guys? I just wanted to have a, a
0: quick a quick bit of bow to my dude Clint from Organized Crime. Again, he sent me a really nice care package this week, and um, uh, Ooh, a package. Yeah, package. And also, like I said, anybody who runs a independent label in hardcore right now, just try to pay attention to what they're doing. Bandcamp has been having a lot of you know artist fridays i think they just did the last one of the year where they the artists get to keep 100% of the proceeds yeah i tried
2: to share a bunch of yeah, links so, on my instagram cuz it's important my, to do yeah
0: it. so like my dude's rotten hell just had a new live ep come out on bandcamp only and they're donating the money to temple of boom which is an independent venue in Leeds I believe in England and so it's like Rotten Hell's getting all the money from Bandcamp and then they're donating it to to a venue for you know trying to stay open through these crazy yeah. times so that's the kind of stuff that you really should pay attention to and you know when they say vote with your dollars it's like this week <laughs> I saw this me- fucking Metallica bootleg shirt that I really wanted to get and it was a nice price and I was just like you know what I don't need another fucking bootleg shirt this week. What I do need is to help people who need. So I gave a kicked down a little bit of extra for the Rotten Hell and bought a couple other things from yes. directly from the artists on Bandcamp, just because I knew that that's where my dollars should be spent this week. Yeah, Bandcamp's
2: cool. Like I'm so behind. I know it's been like I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Like yeah, uh, you know, because bands sell vinyl through their band camp and CDs mm-hmm. and tapes. Yeah. Like I got our dude Mark from insight has another band split moon. And, uh, I had bought their vinyl album through the band camp. Um, and it's just, it's a cool way to support the
0: artists. Yeah. Um, one of the cool things about ba- buying physical product, usually through Bandcamp is that you also get a download of the music and you can download it in whatever format you want. You could do wave flack mp3 you know sometimes the the bandcamp <laughs> one of the things that i enjoy about spotify is that you you can build playlists and i don't think that you can do that on bandcamp you have to like listen to the whole album but then that's the way the music is supposed to be digested that's sit there true. and listen to the fucking album so yeah. it, it it i think that bandcamp is a really really good tool and i i think that it's something uh james k Justified Arrogance went on a bit of a rant this week about how he deleted his Spotify because they don't pay artists enough and that you should buy physical and you should buy Bandcamp. I I, I love that. And uh, I, unfortunately, my iPod is taking a shit again this week. And so if anybody knows of a good way to, I know, Jason, that you've tried to find an MP3 player I don't want to use my phone as an uh. MP3 player, but I need an MP3 player for my car, you know, because um, that's just how, that's what I need personally. I need an MP3 player. I don't want to use Bluetooth. I want a hard plug into my car so I can listen to this stuff. And I got a shitload of MP3s of stuff that's not available on Spotify. And that's how I want to consume the music. And I highly suggest our listeners to do the same and... Revelation Records also has a band yeah. camp that is being maintained by my dear friend Igby. Um, so uh, check it out, yeah, check it out.
2: So all right, let's let's hit that enter. Oh, Jason, I'm sorry, Greg, come on.
1: I know. But, uh, I'm just kidding, but I did buy that Metallica shirt, but that's no surprise. I think it is God, the 292 '92 one. Yes, that's, yeah, yeah that thing
0: is sick. Oh, it's sick, but I'm, I'm gonna go to uh, you know, I'm gonna I... buy it. I'm gonna buy it next week. I'll do it.
1: <laughs> but I wanted to. This episode is art related. We talk a lot about the graphics that are on these records that we love, and so I just wanted to bid up bow the artists that are current that have supported me because I have had the pleasure of doing layouts for bands. But um, Jeremy Dean, bid a bow the man. Jeremy Dean,
4: yeah, he's done a
1: ton of stuff for J Tree. That when I was younger, I was like, I want to design records that look like this. Perry Shaw, the man. Perry, that's my some dude. Stuff for. Laura yeah. Jane Grace, The Black Keys. Uh, who else do we got? I'll go through them quickly. Lennis Garces, you may know from creating another the dude I love. Nightmare Angel. Yeah. Uh, TMK Illustrations. He's done a lot of cool stuff for Be Well. Uh, and Life Love Shirts. Sean Taggart, Zach Hobbs, he did the Angel Dust, Ed Templeton, Mark Gonzalez, Raymond Pettibone, Neckface, Rick Froberg and Alex D. Mates have great mistake records.
2: I have one that you didn't mention that I've always liked this stuff. Um, John Yates, um, he does the Steelworks. I was did, just like, gonna say that. that. Oh, Jawbreaker. And, 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 uh, and I thought
0: about that in- But the- he talked about the Blue Note stuff yes,
2: in the interview. Yes, yeah, today. Dave Bett talked about the Blue Note and John Yates did this series of um, where he would reimagine album covers Yes, Blue Note and Bad Brains are reissuing their stuff. And you can choose the covering rock rock for light. And I think the roar tape are being issued with those John Yates. note
1: covers.
0: Currently this is happening. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, There's a whole reissue
0: campaign of those Brains. Steelworks. It's Instagram at S T E E L works. No, I think it's, isn't it S T E A L.
1: I think it it is E A L. Yeah.
0: Whatever. It's Steelworks. You figure it out. Those, <laughs> you figure it out. But those uh, – The artwork on that because I love the Blue Note stuff. I actually love jazz. I love the way that those records looked. And those
2: reimaginings were so fucking cool. They were. Because like the, I loved seeing like the Husker du and Replacements. Yeah. And it turns out I think he said his favorite band of all time is Husker du. So Are he you did get a lot of – you could do. Yeah, I, I would love lot. to on do something it. to do, <laughs> yeah. and it is S T E A L. Okay, works for some reason. So I thought it was steel. Yeah, Ooh. but yeah. I've always liked his stuff since I was a kid. He did like I said the Jawbreaker. He he owned that label Allied Recordings. Um, it did some a bunch of cool records. So, uh-huh. and
1: he did the Be Well layout, isn't that right? The
2: and cons. Think so. I think so. We should know this.
1: Yeah, I should know you this. We should also. know this. I should know this. But hey, I forgot to say Bidipo BJ Pappas. Yeah, all these awesome yes. photos that really, um, I think, there's something special.
2: And Bidipo Bethlehickey. we got to got to get in touch yes. with Bethlehickey. Yeah, yeah. So. and
0: you know, looking through the record aficionado book, and we could we could have saved this for the outro of this episode, but oh, my bad. You know, no, um, the inside. I was just looking at the inside out. Uh, layout. And I don't see it listed who did the layout for Inside Out.
1: I think Jordan might have. I'm not 100%. Well, but, so um,
0: you know what? Bit up bow to Jordan because he did have a hand, a huge hand in the art direction of a lot of these. Dude. Yes. Bold seven inch. Yeah. The bold
1: seven-inch. The bold um, seven-inch. He laid out a bunch of stuff.
0: And he, he did a lot of these he with... He could have just thanked himself. I'd like to thank myself <laughs> for doing the the... Ooh. There will be
1: quiet seven inch layout. Oh, I forgot to um, shout out my friend Bo hardcore, hardcore Suit Man. Hardcore Suit Man. Good dude. At yeah. Hardcore
2: Suit man on Instagram.
1: I think it's at Hardcore Suitman TM. No, no TM in the, okay. in the. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, good guy. Just want to shout him out, Bidipo. Yeah, he
2: seems like he's having a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I feel, I feel like we inspired him by talking about suits and whatnot. So, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, so. He's on the up and up. Thank you. Any other uh, thing to shout? No. Nah. All let's right, get to let's the second
0: episode. All right, Biddable. All right, let's get started. We are here today with the great uh
4: what do you call yourself dave a graphic designer graphic artist these days i mean i started as a graphic designer these days i'm a creative director Mm. which is a very a very uh, big title for you know it's a little more Mm all-encompassing that's what that's what i am
0: this is dave bett who has been involved in some of the most legendary revelation records releases which we'll get to but the first i wanted to ask you dave does it ever like strike you as as odd that these nerdy hardcore kids keep tracking you down and asking you about these records like 30 years later and people still want to know about your involvement
4: in this stuff i think it's pretty amazing yeah I, i am a little surprised because um it's not like they're like uh, the those bands have a huge following, but they have a dedicated, uh, you know, people who live the life, which is really I, I really admire that.
0: Yeah, um, there's a lot of cult status around a lot of these records.
4: Everybody who I've I've been approached about that has been totally cool and 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 really obviously knew their shit, so it, it, it's pretty it's pretty flattering to have been a part of that. Not that I knew what I was a part of at the time, but looking back on it, um, that was pretty life-changing. That, that short period of time really exposed me anyway, on a personal level, to a, a different world. But yeah, and awesome. uh,
0: we, we were just talking about how we read your interview with uh, Tim from Double Cross, a huge right. friend of the pod. And in that, you mentioned that one of your first, if not your very first experience with hardcore was dealing with Roger and Agnostic Front because you were working with Combat Records. So was that like kind of your introduction to this world of hardcore?
4: Yeah, that was it. I didn't really even, I mean, I had literally been working in in that job for, I don't know, maybe a couple months. And before that I'd been in advertising for seven years, so you know i I just kind of walked into this situation where I had to learn a lot really quickly and um and Roger was so cool, and you know he'd come into the office all the time, and just you know he'd walk me through it. he was like a, my tutor, you know, so uh pretty good tutor then going to sit. yeah. <laughs> Going to see the shows that was, that really was what woke me up like to the power of it. Yeah. Um, Cause a lot of the times the stuff was, you know, it's not like, like now if I'm doing a project, there's a photo shoot or there's illustrators involved and, and that's all stuff that I'm very hands on with. But in those days they'd come in and they, here's a bunch of photographs, you know, here's our logo. This is kind of what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And, that was that was the context I had, and but going to the shows, that's what showed me what what they were really reaching for, what their message was. How long did you work at Combat Records for? Um, well, it kept changing. I you know I started there in eighty seven, and then Sony bought half of it, so we weren't officially in India anymore, but we had autonomy, mm-hmm. um, and okay. then. They moved us into a, a nicer office in Manhattan on Fifth Avenue and 16th. And uh, then, they, then they merged us with Loud Records, which was a rap label. Mm-hmm. And then they closed that down. They laid, laid people off, they closed that down. And then you know, I got a call from Sony. They were like, You wanna come work up here? So, so that, that, that was a period of about, God, it was like 17, 17 years. Is that possible? um 87 to 2000 that was relativity and combat and in effect mm-hmm. and and then only then. how many
0: other like hardcore records did you have a hand in, in in your time there i think maybe the sick of it all blood sweat and no tears did you have a hand yeah. in that mm-hmm.
4: yeah yeah sick of it all did a few few albums with them mm-hmm. um but um and then you know we had a lot of metal bands you know that would not call them I wouldn't call them hardcore, but they were—they were hardcore, you know. Uh-huh. You know, just the meaning of the word. Was nuclear yeah. assault in that fold? Yeah, nuclear assault. Uh, we did mm-hmm. um, which became Scatterbrain and Death. You know those yeah. kind of bands. That death oh, record looks awesome. Yeah, the Death Leprosy record you did, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. There were, um, there were a bunch of those. Did you do any logos there? Did you design any logos or was it just primarily the layouts for the records?
4: Uh, For for the revelation stuff, there there were logos that were pretty much established already. Mm -hmm. Um, Did different type treatments and things like that, or just cleaned them up or, you know, adapted them to whatever the new record was.
0: Yeah. I know a lot of those early bands like, they were hand drawn logos or like based off of types, and so I'm sure f- to go to print, you had to clean that up a bit.
4: Yeah, I mean, sometimes it was they were they were um, there wasn't really a typeface that that matched it exactly. So I would get the the logo, and you know, the, the big tools at the time because everything was was pasted up. It was no there were no computers. Um, we didn't even have a scanner really per se we had you know i had a black and white copier and would copy it and then i would ink over it and clean it up that way and that that became art you know i have i still have a bunch of that stuff in my pile of of souvenirs but um and then you had to send out for type you know you didn't have a not i mean a computer you had to rely on typesetters so you would mark up in a kind of very formal way, how this how the type had to be measured and how wide it had to be, what typefaces. You know, so that was that was what we did. Send out for type. Sit at a drawing table, paste it up with spray spray mount and razor blades cutting it up. And yeah, I really kinda had no idea what you were, what this thing was going to look like until the proofs came back. Yeah. Which is It's wild.
0: Yeah I I have I live near Revelation Records and so I get to go over there all the time and inspect all the files probably have touched some of the same papers that you've touched to be honest <laughs> and and I can see the glue you know and and uh you can see the like marker coming through some of the papers and and we talk about that all the time on this podcast how incredible it was that you designers and artists did all this stuff with actual tools and not mm. computers like it it blows my mind and i think that it's so
4: cool to see that stuff yeah 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 so it's a much different process now it's a lot more democratic i mean the, those bands you know they they had they had there, there, were always, there was only so much they could do with the technology that they had on their own so they relied on people like me who who could put it together and 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 make it into a package, but um, yeah, and and I, and I look back at some of the stuff that we did back then, and you know we we had such lo- low budgets and quick turnaround. Sometimes we'd see the we'd see one set of proofs and it was like, ugh, I'd like to make a change to that, but oh, no, we got it, we got it. It's got to go. It's got to go as it is. You know, I look at the, you know, I pulled stuff out and I looked at the back of the the. Um, the compilation. And it's like you can barely read the type in the over the CBGB photograph. I'm like, oh, well, I would have changed that if I had time or more than money, but stuff like that. I mean, you know, you did what you could with what you had. So um, there were definitely limitations that way. So not to jump around, but to sort of
2: start at the beginning, how did you get yeah. interested in doing? design and were there any like album covers from when you were growing up that you, you know, obsessed over and were just like, Oh my God, like, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to be the one to to put these together to design this kind of
4: stuff. I don't, I think, I think it was, it was probably more about just wanting to be in music. Um, some of the, you know, there definitely, there were, you know, I grew up, you know, in the seventies, there was, it was kind of a, uh, a uh, a heyday of of album jackets you know there were some pretty classic things not not that i had always liked the music that was on them but the covers were were pretty creative um I'm trying to think of one off hand but i can't but um you know i went to school for design photography and illustration i mean i covered all that because those those were the kind of tools that i wanted to have at my disposal mm-hmm. but um I, you know, I had no, I no, no idea that I'd end up working in music. That was, that was kind of far fetched for me. And it just, I just, it was total luck. I mean, I was working in advertising, and and it was so soul crushing. like, I, I just, I just really hated it. And every time I'd make a move to leave, you, you know, <laughs> it would suck me back in. Um, but um, I had a friend, Mark Weinberg, who was. Uh, a fellow designer he was uh he was one of the first art directors at spin magazine heavily into the clash you know turned me on to a lot of that kind of music and he he was freelancing for these indie labels and relativity and combat you know being one of them and he i called him up one day i was just desperate after this horrible advertising meeting and it was like Mark, what do you know? What anybody out there who I could get another job with? I got to get out of this. And He's like, well, you know, I I, I freelance with this label that they want a full time art director, but I want to play golf. I want to have the freedom to play golf. I want to freelance. So I went there and got the job. It really kind of sight unseen, which I still can't believe. But that was my door into into the music world. And not long after that, you know, like we, were, it was a, it was a label that was really. I mean, I took a lot of risks doing that because, uh, you know, I quit a, a job that was kind of easy and comfortable and and paid me okay. Took a big pay cut to go work at this indie label, which at the time was like right off the tarmac of JFK, uh, in a warehouse, a lot of questionable characters there. Uh yeah, the, the owner of the company was had issues. Um but it was an exciting place to work. So um you know I dove into it. It was a lot of metal bands and guitar gods and you know, people like Joe Satriani that was a big deal at the time for us. Um Steve Vai and uh yeah, and then George walked in the door. And I guess we were we must have been distributing them at the time, so he, uh, you know, he asked for help with artwork, and that was that was it. He started bringing me jobs. Like, Can you help with this? Here's the stuff. So, so that, that was, was really how it started happening.
1: I'm sorry, I was going to ask, what was the was the first thing that you did for Jordan, um, reworking the Revelation
4: logo? Yeah, yeah, it was it was kind of it was rough. It's it didn't change a whole lot, but the type the type was refined and really we got, well, you know, again, it was a cleanup job um, mm-hmm. and getting an improper type and just, that became an icon, which was cool.
0: Yeah. The first couple releases um, like the sick of it all, there's the R and the star, but it doesn't say revelation under that. And then before that there was a star and then it had the number. So it's like, he kind of had that idea, you know, and, and yeah. they, they wanted it, but, um it's cool that it you know it it needed a i guess a professional's uh hand to make it what it is you know and they're still using doing. it now i yeah. mean yeah
4: you know oh, make, makes a great t-shirt
0: yeah, <laughs> so yeah. True. it's really recognizable as a brand and stars have kind of been a theme of revelation from day one, you know, from the together comp and uh, in on the, some of the low labels and then in the way it is comp. And we're all huge fans of this record aficionado book. And in the back of the book, you know, it has the letter tone page oh, of, yeah? of all of the stars. And um, wait, wait, what is that book? Uh, it's called record aficionado. Um, it's by J bill, J bill. And it's, so this is volume two and it's literally just the first, uh, 22 revelation releases. So it's got a lot of your, your work in here. Um, yeah, I I collect that kind of book. I don't, I haven't heard of that one. That's cool. Sure. Yeah. We'll email you the, the information. Um, and it's got, you know, it'll have the layouts, but then it'll have like, um, a lot of promotional stuff and it has a lot of reviews of the albums. It's got information on the different pressings, you know, the different labels that and, and covers that went on through the years of the different pressings. So for nerds like us, this is like a really yeah. Yeah. important thing to have everything in one spot so that we don't have to keep grabbing the the albums and looking at the insert, pulling everything out. You know, it's, it's all just in one volume. It's, it's great to have.
4: You've probably seen the the radio silence book too. Yes.
0: Yes. Oh yeah, Yeah.
4: definitely. Also uh, essential.
0: In fact, Jason, what do you want to say about Anthony Pappalardo?
1: Oh, I was just going to say, I mean him, that book is just essential. I mean, it's just, I think the first, um, true punk hardcore book that was done, um, with a good eye for design work, and I think yeah, it really, it's really, really nicely put together. You have any memories of talking to Anthony about working on that and pulling out the? Um, there's just some great photos. I don't know if they came from you directly or not, but uh, there was a note written from Jordan talking about in quotes the obvious design of the, um,
2: the back break down of the, the walls judge, wishing right? wall press. Oh, oh wishing wall. My bad.
4: Yeah. So I could, I could I could read this to you. It's 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 like it's perfect. It's, it's, it's very much about that moment. Okay. uh, It's on, it's on a little, uh, like cut out piece of, of revelation, uh, stationary. Mm -hmm. Um, Dave judge came out excellently. Thanks. I don't know if you've noticed, but you you're doing things that you said were too obvious in quotes. When we were first doing the NYHC comp, it's good to see the back of the judge LP looks almost exactly like the original pressing of "Youth today, break down the walls, which you showed me as an example of poor design because the layout was too obvious. I guess we like it obvious the, the music and lyrics are, so why not the artwork, which I, I remember those convers- I remember that conversation with him, you know, because I, I was taking it as, you know, design is design and, and what I was not, ready for yet in those, that early conversation was that you're designing what's appropriate for the, for, for the, for the artist and for the audience and for the music. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, good design. You know, you can look at something and you go, Oh, that's beautiful design. Or you can look at something and you go, that design really fits what this is about. So that's what, that's kind of what he was, he was teaching me at that time, which sunk in in a, in a very good way. Oh, that's cool
1: um do you remember the first record cover that you did at relativity sorry to jump around but do you remember the first record cover that you designed
4: uh the first one i did was for the brandos which was that was uh they were one of those bands that was supposed to do something big but but didn't but dave kincaid who is the singer he's still he's still making music um very good guys And and the they they their cover was shot by Mick Rock, which you know uh, that's a huge. So that's a, that's a way to walk into into you know graphics for music is to yeah. work with a Mick Rock image. But the, but the one that I that was the most fun that followed shortly after that might have been simultaneous was actually doing a an album for Joe Satriani, who had an album called um, Surfing with the Alien. Mm-hmm. And we thought, well, let's use some Silver Surfer. The silver Surfer so on the go. cover, yeah. 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 So I got to go into uh, Marvel Mm -hmm. and, and meet those, those guys. And, and they let me like, it was kind of unbelievable. They let me look through their flat files of all these amazing illustrations for Silver Surfer. So, you know, that's, that's the nice thing about working in, in music is you get to have experiences like that where, you know, you grow up with comic books or whatever. And, i actually was a huge Marvel.
0: i was a huge comic book nerd when i was a kid and loved silver surfer so i always thought that was interesting that that cover uh had silver surfer on it and it kind of i never really put two and two together that someone had to like go there yeah. and do that you know so hearing this about that is actually really cool to me yeah yeah it was a great experience that's awesome and then you came so met up with Jordan the first thing you did for rev was the way it is comp
4: right and so yeah what, i think, yeah, i am yeah, not sure what the order was but that that could be i mean there there were there were you know for what four records in quick succession so yeah kind of mm-hmm.
0: yeah it, well if we go in chronological order rev 7 was the way it is comp and then um the next record was youth of today break down the walls yeah
4: which um which was really more like a redesign of. The, right
0: yeah so that had already been released on another label and so you yeah. just fixed i don't want to say
4: fixed it but you m- did it for rev yeah make it wanted to get its, own, its own look um same photograph i think and, and it was just really a different type and, and um a little, little cleaner mm-hmm that there you go yeah great photo yeah because yeah, that I that did. was the
2: first <laughs> that was the first version that i ever saw was was the the rev version not the because the wishing well version with the blue and red yeah the the, the blue and then the the youth of today's in the, and red
4: and yeah
2: yeah that was that says that was designed by uh the wishing well guys by pat dubar and pat Longry. yeah um and then you know the break down the walls uh, for Rev, you got to have a hand and you know you're putting your spin on it.
0: Yeah, did you choose those different colors for Rev,
4: or was that something that they were like, "Hey, we want to do these colors instead"? I don't remember how that came about. It might have just been, "This looks cool." Yeah, and that was it.
0: It's <laughs> striking. I mean, the bright yellow, the turquoise. I think it's a little bit personally more eye-catching than the Wishing Well version. The Wishing Well version is very clean and crisp, mm. but the yellow and the and the blue together, it's like you can't miss that cover, especially with Ray and Porcel there. Like that is that just sums up hardcore.
4: This whole the yeah. whole cover right there. Looking larger yeah. than life on the yeah. front
0: and the photos
4: yeah, on feel the, the I I I can't imagine a more iconic photograph than that
1: for yeah. that band yeah. at the yeah.
4: yeah. Yeah. I mean, that I was, that was the fun of it too. That's yeah. <laughs> that's, that was the fun of it you know, for me. Like just, they're always great images. It wasn't like a, I never got anything that didn't excite me. I mean, cause, uh-huh. cause it was just so much about that, that live experience. And you know, that's what it was. It just felt real, felt authentic, felt appropriate. Um, and knowing what knowing what kind of lives the people in those bands were living and the community that they had, man, it's just – there's been nothing else like that that I've experienced in, in any of the music or bands that I've worked with since. And this uh, cover, I mean, you
2: want to talk about capturing yeah. the energy. Like, this uh, – The you know, we're, this is the New York City hardcore 12-inch way it is. I mean, just – what did you think when you first, with this amazing PJ Pappas photo? um, I mean, that captures the entire vibe of, you know, New York City, hardcore 1987. And then to have, you know, the layout, and I I love the green and blue. mm -hmm.
4: Um, It's just, you could stare at this thing for hours. I have. Well, (laughs) especially since there, there are so many characters from the scene in that shot, too. Right,
2: It's like, uh, it's just a, it just looks, yeah. You don't see that kind of cover for like, you know, Aerosmith or something. (laughs) Like. No. (laughs) I've worked with those guys too. (laughs) Oh, it rules. Dude, their first like five records
4: slap, as the kids say. (laughs) My favorite favorite Steve Tyler quote, I had a meeting with him about one album and, and we were talking about, um, you know, working within the music industry. And he's like, well, you know, you know, you're, you're, you're a creative guy. You, you know how it is. We're all, we're all just triggers on somebody else's gun. <laughs> uh, I wasn't sure what that meant, but it, it, it was very he good. Said, Yeah. Janie,
1: Janie's got a gun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there
4: you go. That's great. Um, but, yeah, along that, those lines,
2: but, go ahead. Wait, what yeah. did you do for them actually? Can I, cause I, you know, I'm, I'm a fan. Um,
4: Honkin' on Bobo.
2: <laughs> Yo. Oh, wow. That's like one of the, yeah, that was where they did like
4: the blues covers or something, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wished it was more blues than they did it, but yeah, that was the idea. Yeah, I don't
2: know that. Like I
4: said, those, but those early records are sick. And then we have, we, we put a, a harmonica with the with lips, lipstick lips mark on it. Yeah. Which are you know, a little double entendre there, but.
2: <laughs> Aerosmith was Aerosmith was full of those. Yeah. Well, um, That's great.
1: Um I did want to ask. I'm sorry to jump around. I want to talk about the Rev records, but I wanted to ask about the uh E artwork that you did and working with him. Oh yeah.
0: You Wait, know. let's 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 get through the Rev and then we'll get to <laughs> okay. the Easy E. Fair
1: enough. Sorry. Right. That's They're, okay. They
0: are they I, are they are related though. They are yeah. <laughs> so this the bold speak out is one of my favorite uh layouts and it's also that, crazy because it's a my favorite graphically. Yeah. yeah. Um and it's you got the primary colors. It's not quite yeah. like red red but it's well, still red. Um yeah. and there's just like so much going on in this insert with the live photos um you know the this again, the use of the primary colors and the inside, the song titles are in yellow, and then the lyrics are in white. And so there was like no need for an insert in this record. Yeah. Everything is just here and
4: it's, it's striking, I think. Yeah, that's probably my, my favorite one. And I just, I love that the, their colors, those colors and, and, the, and the bold logo too is just, of course had to be bold
1: yeah yeah
0: um i actually got to inspect this layout recently and the four photos that are on the cover like it just never would have occurred to me that they were cropped i just was like oh yeah this is like the whole photo and then you see like the larger picture and you see like like this photo of zulu jumping like there was a lot more to that photo so it's like, like it's cool to see the like the different components and stuff like that and then the the photo on the background that's like it's blurry and it, it yeah, just a adds a little way. bit of of drama
3: mm-hmm.
4: and, and um interest to it yeah well it, none of those bands stood still on stage so <laughs> it, it, it makes sense that it be blurry yeah it, it shows you the movement
1: was that one of the ones that you sent off and you sent it with fingers crossed hope this comes back the way you expected it to
4: no, was that, that just was pretty that was pretty straightforward. That was that was a pretty easy one. The, 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 the most difficult one was was um the gorilla biscuits cover because there was so much going on in that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: In the radio silence book, it has the photo with all of the notes on the on the um transparency paper, like you know, yeah. making sure that the different colors are on there, and then you had the um embossed logo yeah. and all that.
4: And you know and there are a, a lot of funky color breaks on that and 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 what was you know what the color separator had to do on their end which um you know we we knew what we wanted but we were hoping they would get it right because this yeah, has that, me first actually the mechanical that that thing that's in the in the book is that shows the the whole mechanical for that thing which is you know the, how we pasted it up and how we marked it up for color to go out yeah so.
2: I was just saying, I was, uh, wanted to say that, you know, when I got a lot of these albums um, f- for the first time, it was on CD and it kind of shows you how, like, CDs didn't really do justice to the the layouts, I think, for, for a lot of records that were designed before the CD Or cassettes. Era.
0: Yeah, like, or I cassettes. To, so I had to speak out
2: on cassette. Yeah, and you're not gonna, like, the CD I thought looked cool because I'm yeah. like, oh, it's got all these colors. And then there was stuff like this, you know, this is the bold right. Youth of Today split CD. And like, you're just, yeah. you're really, you're really missing something. Yeah, and it dump, and same dumps it said, down a little bit. And could be said for yeah. someone that's only consuming their music, you know, digitally right Band now. It's like,
4: yeah. Like it's cool, right. but you're, you're I would, missing. I would, much, I would much rather have everything be streamed and just have vinyl as physical. That, that perfect perfect world for me i hate cds have always hated them they break you know they slide off each other scratch <laughs> exactly scratch yeah, yeah. i'm a yeah, kind of, like, cassette collector so i love
0: uh the way that some of the layouts look on cassettes but like it is different because it's a different size and you don't quite get the same you know it's yeah. everything's smaller but uh man i i still i have a lot of um sealed revelation records cassettes currently because
2: a a good example i think is the bold this the cd like you're not getting that gatefold like Uh javier talked about Uh um and you're you're just really not getting the the full effect the question i wanted to ask is this actually says both you and uh beth lahickey um designed this so what what did that entail like um
4: I, i i wish i could remember um I really I really don't remember. Maybe you know, I don't I don't even really remember who she, who she was, which, you know, kills me because I wish I could remember everything, I've, every detail I, about that stuff. I've asked if we
0: could track her down for an interview yeah. and I'm still working on it. She wrote a book for Revelation about Straight Edge and she was involved in a lot of these You know, early releases, and um, all I can all I can figure out right now is that she's
4: somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, and Mm -hmm. that uh, If you find out, let me know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, maybe she might have been the one who provided the images and and Uh and spelled out to me. You know, what goes where and how to do it. You could have been been very hands on with that. I don't know. So last, like, you know, it, was a, it was a while ago. Yeah, yeah.
2: It was a yeah, that's why we said we we always say like you know for us coming at all this retroactively, like I wasn't you know buying these albums or listening to these albums in 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't blame people that forget thirty you know, plus years. I don't even like, know what uh, I had for
0: breakfast today. Yeah, like especially when
2: you've done so many things. That's like true. maybe if this, you know, if this was the only thing that you'd done, like this yeah. was your only design or somebody's yeah. only band, you know, only record, they're going to remember it more, but, you know, not when you've done so
4: many things since. And, and even, in, even doing the, the work in those days, you know, I was like a lot of the time, well... I started out as, as an art department of one. So, you know, there was a lot of different shit happening simultaneously. And uh, and e- even when I, I, I added um, other people to the, the art department, there were three of us, I think, before we moved into New York. Um, it, there was so much chaos in that office. This is <laughs> like trying to focus on anything. Because it was, you know, an open office warehouse, you know, with partitions. And just the, everybody playing different music and... Throwing things at each other and you know harassing each other and you know there's a lot of shenanigans going on there. So hard to keep track of all the details, but I remember as much as I can. It's this is actually good because you've gotten me to go through everything again and 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 relive some of that, which is pretty I entertaining. I mean,
2: this stuff influenced so many designers for yeah. within within the hardcore punk rock scene. Um, you know, these, and these, like you said, especially, I mean, break down the walls, like you said, was more like, uh, you know, you were cleaning up. So I really consider the, the big four as it were to be the speak out the comp Mm -hmm. judge and, uh, start today. And I think that those people really took that ball and ran with it. And still to this day are, you know, taking cues from from these records and even sometimes like uh, it's very
0: popular in hardcore especially for test presses to make like mock-up covers which your band has done greg where you take the actual record cover and just put your band name name on there yeah so it's like it's not even uh paying tribute to it it's just straight up like taking the artwork and and making something out of it which i think is it's Cool And, and, it, and, and this funny. stuff,
2: yeah, this stuff isn't dated. Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't look like, like it still looks fresh. Like yeah, we've, yeah. we talked, especially, you know, we, we talked a lot, I think about the bold, uh, and just how incredible the, the, the way it looks, it, it just yeah. jumps out at you. And I mean, it's like, almost like there's no way you're going to flip past that record in the store yeah. and not buy it. You know, that's looking real. at the at the cover and, and like Hobbs said, the the back, um, it's just, you know, iconic. And then finally, the last. Uh, well, we well no, I'm sorry. Did we we didn't we talked a little about start today, but the, we didn't talk much about it though. Yeah, I was gonna say, Jason, go ahead. What do you, what do you? I I oh yeah,
1: I mean, I just I just want to hear any more details that you can remember about working on that record because that's such a iconic and welcoming cover you want to listen to the record when you see that so did you hear the record before on,
4: making the artwork on, I, which on judge or uh, uh, on or start, start, today, start today i'm sorry oh start today um i don't think i did i don't i probably didn't um okay dave actually okay. has the Chung King
0: tape yeah <laughs> yeah we've been looking
2: for this uh chunk they say that there's a like gorilla biscuits demos that were recorded at the same you know chung king where judge
4: oh you you uh, want those oh do you want do You them? have this the gorilla biscuits <laughs> no. demos yeah i'm we're, fucking with you <laughs> oh, damn i was
2: like
4: uh, we not <laughs> yeah, skipped a beat oh wait you know oh, this whole time i haven't even had my video on okay there we go yeah hey it's me good to see you anyway, i'm looking at you guys i've been showing you things on the screen you're like why don't they react <laughs> uh, <laughs> um anyways, so so start today start today yeah yeah i mean again amazing photos you know mind-blowing that i'll tell you how that how this this album came about um the, the artwork anyway um Walter came over to my apartment, I was living in in Brooklyn and he comes over to my apartment and here's this guy, you know, who, you know, as far as I know represents, you know, this this hardcore band and, uh, you know, he comes to my apartment and he's, you know, he's just this really nice guy, you know, very, very warm and, and, and treating me so nicely. It was like, kind of wasn't expecting that, Right off right off the bat. But he comes to my apartment and my wife is, is has had a baby. You know, we have a baby. So she she and, and the baby are napping in the next room. So there's Walter and I, you know, in the living room whispering about, okay, I wanna use this you know, this this cartoon of this guy. It was just it was just a very funny little moment. I mem- I remember that pretty vividly. But yeah, he came and he and he dropped all these things. On me and and we talked about how we were going to put it together and um, and then you know Jordan was nice enough to pay for the embossing and added that nice touch to it. It's like they knew. I mean, they knew that this was like this was a big one.
2: I mean, Jordan have. told us this this is their their biggest seller. Like you yeah, know, they you could they've never it's going to
4: be worth it.
2: It's never going out of print, to my knowledge. Like I think it's always been in print on vinyl cd cassette whatever and uh so it, it does seem like they really pulled out all the stops like and even on this this is a later pressing and they they brought back the embossed because i think for a while yeah they it, didn't have the embossed cover mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: the inside i don't know if you can see has oh, I'm trying yeah to the see. inside
0: Interprint. so the inside the inner print yeah the 25th anniversary of bringing it down and start today both on the inside have like, you know, on the Judge one, it has printed hammers inside and the GB one oh. it has printed GBs inside. So they,
4: they so went nice. like, an extra mile. Nice. Yeah, great. That's cool. I, yeah, Jordan had, had contacted me about doing the, the anniversary um, package for Start Today. I couldn't do it, which, mm. which bummed me. That would have been fun to do. But it sounds like they did a nice job without me, so that's fine.
0: It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't look uh, any different. It's just on the the inside. The it's inside, got that yeah. that GB and it, it, the the blue matches the outside with the the darker and then the lighter for the the logo. It's cool. And then the the vinyl is glow in the dark on mine of the the twenty fifth anniversary. Mine's which, black. Well, nice. I, I just walked into Rev and bought
2: the glow in the dark one. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> so did they say too like. They that they wanted, you know, whose idea was it to have the, for lack of a better term, like the circus colors for it? Like the, the, the red, green. I always thought it was more Hello. reggae. That's, that's an, a note to uh, musical a musical youth.
4: It's a little reggae.
2: Yeah. I swear I saw one of the reviews said something about circus colors and I think it just got into my head, but.
4: Well, it was, you know, the black and white image again. So. You know, we just, we just wanted it to be have color added in some way that, that was, you know, bright, bold, bright and bold. So that was as simple as that. I don't know why we decided to alternate the, the letters, but I like it. It was cool. Yep. I heard your, uh, I heard your, 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 um, interview with, with, um, with the girl, this, this guy's and talking about the, the mustache, man.
2: Uh-huh. Yes.
4: Like, <laughs> yeah and where that came from that was a maybe we don't want to repeat it because uh, yeah
0: uh, i yeah. never i never ever considered that that was a mustache me i neither. i no, i thought until it until was, i
4: heard him until i heard him say that i didn't either
0: i thought it was like part of the the trumpet or something i just would never i never would have
1: called it a mustache he was,
4: oh, he was just he was the trumpet caveman to me yeah yeah
1: <laughs> the gorilla biscuits caveman so Walter's brother did that, and I did not know this until recently. But he's a tattoo artist, also. Oh so yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah,
0: are we? So oh, are we mean? getting? Are we getting
1: bro tats of mustache guy? Yeah, I'll
0: do it. Hey, the drum machine is gonna tattoo the mustache guy. On
2: us. <laughs> Maybe
4: that'll be my first tattoo. Oh, you don't have one either. No, nah. we we must be the only guys who. who deal with music You don't have tattoos yet. I think it so. It really yeah. feels like that. I know a few people, yeah. but we're few and far between. That's true. I just can't That's decide true. on one that I want for life. I mean, I would get one, <laughs> but I, I, I'm afraid, I'll, you know, in two weeks, I'll be like, oh, god, I hate. I it. just I'm think about, it. like,
2: if I would have gotten what I wanted when I was 18, I would not be happy with it right now. Like,
4: nothing crazy, know. but just, like, like I'd be like, why do I have this? Yeah. And, and you know, and like, it seems like, you know, so many people have tattoos now but you know back in the late 80s all the tattoos that the i mean roger moret i mean jesus mm-hmm. christ
0: yeah roger you know, Vinny, harley like, all those
4: guys yeah, incredible very hardcore tattoos yeah, yeah you know, now they're like, they're like not, you see somebody
2: with a lot of tattoos they could just be like a totally normal person have no idea like, like about or, any know. of the yeah. subculture yeah.
0: so uh Our last episode was about bringing it down and Porcel told us that they were basically, they came back from tour and they were like, okay, here's your record. And they had no idea what it was going to look like. They didn't know the colors. They didn't know anything. So, but they were immediately like, there was never any like regret about that or any, you know, they were like, wow, this looks Amazing. And they were super stoked immediately. So was, was that like a weird thing to know that they just, it was all in your hands? Well, I I actually
4: didn't know that until Ah. now, but, but, (laughs) but I, but I I didn't, I didn't, I never met the guys. I never met Uh Mike. And, and, you know, but Jordan, you know, gave me the materials and I'm assuming, you know, that, that these are all, this is all stuff that the band said, yeah, use this stuff. Sure. So,
0: so when and, you were and, when you were doing it, and you just thought
4: purple and and gold. <laughs> yeah, just because again it would would pop out, and they were colors that we hadn't used before. Right, right. It,
0: know, it, it looks totally different True. from the f- other covers that you've done for Rev. You know, there's yeah. a lot of Gorilla Biscuits and Bold both have blue, yellow, red, and the black and white photos. But then this one, it's totally different
4: colors and than, than those and and what's so funny that and so far-fetched is that that you know jordan and i talked about like covers that he really liked and, and there was you know an an elvis cover and a and, and that a the clash, that the
0: clash borrowed and yeah. then this yeah. is our
2: version so to, of so that yeah so
4: to, to us just putting the type on the side along the edge that that made it in the realm of those two covers mm-hmm. right. and
2: just that cult like the, you know even though the the London Calling's like uh, Paul breaking the Smash base the or base. whatever, right? Smash and this is base. Porcel
0: picking up the pick. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I somebody believe. did
2: say that they heard that it was a Youth of Today
0: live shot. Uh, I forgot to bring I, that up. I just noticed that he's wearing uh, Chuck Taylors and not Nikes here. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm okay. a I'm into Chuck Taylor's. Um, one thing that I really wanted to ask about this is the use of the Birthhold City font, which has become an integral part of hardcore artwork taken from SSD, the Gorilla Biscuit 7 inch, all those. And uh, what can you tell us about your or our relationship with the Birthhold
4: City font? Um, it just you know it, it felt like um, like all the types should be bold and strong you know and you have those those kind of slab serifs you know that really make it rock solid it just it just felt right it, that that you know if, if you're l- listening to that music and, and watching those bands you just you want something that's not going to be too delicate or, or you know too refined it should be you know like like somebody, you know, in a in a football team would have, you know, that kind of type on the on their Definitely. uniform or military. It just was like, you know, this is this is you know this is an army that we're talking about here. So,
2: so you also did the Chung King can suck it. Do you remember? Anything about that? Like the what? Did, what did I do? So that was <laughs> ju- Judge when they went in to re- record the LP. They went to that Chung King Studios and they weren't happy with it. So Jordan pressed up. I think is it a hundred uh-huh. of of that, and I believe John,
0: you Jordan? Yeah, show inner, it says inner sleeve, Dave and Jordan. Uh, album concept and design, Jordan. Artwork, Jordan. Inner sleeve, Dave and Jordan. So, um,
4: wait, show it to me again because I'm, I'm blanking that. Entire.
2: Oh yeah, okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so that's. About that one. Do you know that that record I, uh, was? I don't know the copy of that. Well, well, that was on the list of the most expensive records ever sold on Discogs. Like wow, it's wow, one wow. sold it's for three? six, six over six thousand dollars.
4: Yes. Oh my God. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and yeah. there's it, the
0: chunking like it's there it's like legendary there's a list of everyone that owns one and there's like blank numbers because nobody knows who owns these certain numbers uh-huh. and like one got broken in transit once oh, yeah. and so now there's only 99 of them or something and one is like a gatefold like there's all these crazy stuff about this this chunking can
4: suck it. Wow. Yeah, I'd totally forgotten that one.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was just just literally like, I think Jordan, you know, people had already pre-ordered the record. And since they knew they were going to scrap it, they did it for the people that were waiting a long time and pressed it up. And now it's this like, it's easily one of the most coveted hardcore records. kind of
4: annoyed I never got a copy of that. (laughs) Yeah, right? Like,
2: it'd be nice to just be able to
4: know that you're sitting
0: on... Ask Jordan. Ask Jordan if there's any uh, in, in the, the vault. vault. In the yeah. vault,
4: you can have,
2: or you can yeah, buy probably, yeah. <laughs> so,
4: I'm not going to give Dave one of these. There aren't, there aren't enough to go around.
2: <laughs> I wanted
4: to before we moved out
2: of Rev. I wanted to. I mean, you already said the bold was your favorite. I figured we'd talk about. I, I was going to call it hot wax instead of hot tracks. Like Man. what? Uh, which one of these of the big four layout? Was everybody's favorite. Is that cool? Sure, yeah. Um, Do it, well, Hav.
0: I, I, man, this is tough for me to choose between bold and, and judge, but if we're just going on aesthetic. Just layout. Just, just yeah. layout, I would have to say, Speak Out uh, is my favorite of the, the big four.
4: Big four.
1: The big Jason. Dave Vett, big four.
4: Yeah,
2: Jason,
1: <laughs> I got to go for the way it is. The way it is. Uh, The way it is is just so awesome. It just looks like a movie poster that you want to go see. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, we didn't even talk about the collector's items that are the posters for the bold record and for the way it is. But um, those are just – that's the one record that I think I looked at the most Mm -hmm. and just Uh kind of took in detail, you know, the power of that record cover, which is the photo, but the type also just, I don't know.
4: Yeah. I get, I get very attracted to the, to these, these photos. So mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I like the design of, of the bold, but you know, photographically the, the judge and gorilla biscuits are hard, hard to beat.
2: I have the same problem that you have half choosing between the judge and, and bold, even though I love all of them. Um, I'm going to go with the judge just because I love the color purple mm-hmm. and I just love, like, this was something like you said, just totally different at the time. And to use the, the purple and gold and, you know, the, the pictures on the back mm-hmm. are awesome. And, uh, I, I, I love the cover. Like, I, I, I just think the cover with Porcel, you know, thrashing on the guitar is so iconic you know we use that word so much but it's i don't know another word to use like it's just yeah. and uh so i'm gonna go with the judge
4: this is this is feeling like espn doing the nfl you know, who's your <laughs> pick <today>. pick.
1: yeah <laughs> did you see people walking around with bold gorilla biscuits judge shirts
4: yeah it, and and but for like years after that like like i remember going to uh a, a show at the space in Long Island. Um, I'm trying to remember who this, what the show was. It might've been like uh, flaming lips or somebody like that, but there's a guy standing out front with, you know, with a full revelation gear. Suit. Like, Rev suit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. suit,
2: man. Yes,
4: And I do like the
2: flaming lips, but I haven't, I've never seen them. So yeah. Yeah. Oh,
4: it wasn't me. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> I was going to ask in, you know, after this, and then going with Sony and working with all these, this just incredible array of artists, have you ever had one that surprised you that mentioned like, oh, I know you worked on,
4: uh, you know, Judge bringing it down? Yeah, several times, actually. Um, uh, that there, well, there's a guy that I work with quite a lot at, at Columbia, um, Jay Schumer. He's the SDP of marketing there. And he was totally into this, this music when he was growing up. Um, Gorilla Biscuits, he, he, anytime he can mention the, 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 the Start Today album, he does. He, uh, he, I was on a meeting uh, call once with um, uh, Blink 182's management, because we were doing a record with them. And, and Jay introduces me as you know, Dave Beck. He did the start today cover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they man, were probably. probably st- <laughs> yeah, they were probably. What, what, what blink one eighty two did you uh, do? Do you remember? Um, it's called nine. It's got. It's, it's oh, that's the new cover. one. It just, just came out. Yeah. Oh, yeah that looks. So nice. Nice. That looks very nice. Yeah. But but you know it was like I, I had immediately was had like respect and you know a good endorsement. Uh-huh. That they could trust me. Some yeah. street street cred as they yeah. say. But the, but now those guys legitimately
2: sure. love gorilla biscuits. like those guys all oh, yeah. love gorilla biscuits. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And there have been a couple other bands, um, a couple other rock bands um that have you know that were really into record jackets and they and they had some, you know, those copies in their collection and, and they they would like read the liner notes and remember the names and everything. Like, Are you oh, the same yeah. thing? It always blew my mind. I mean that's like <laughs> yeah,
0: the level of of nerdery and obsession <laughs> that comes with a record collecting, yeah. b revelation record collecting, but also true, and right? then hardcore records in yeah. general, like, like especially down. especially our generation, you know, who we didn't have the internet growing up, we didn't have phones, so what would you do? Sit in your fucking room and pour yeah. over these things, and and see the names and see the names on the thanks list. And that's how you yeah. bands and maybe that's who you decide wants to produce
2: your next record or do your next layout or whatever. Yeah. I mean, so how many tough. stories have we heard about thanks lists? Like, you know, just in, in hardcore was like, Oh, they thank this band and this band. Well, I better go check them out. Or yeah. you'd see like well, so-and-so recorded, they did
4: this at Furies. Oh, let me, let me listen to this or whatever. Right. But That's, I mean, you know, there, there is an element of that in with, with with music overall, but
1: mm-hmm.
4: in hardcore, I mean, you know, you you go to the shows and you see you see the same people. At yeah. the, like you got to know people, and it was like a it was like a, a, a extended family gathering at some of those shows, mm-hmm. and you know, guys playing in one band and then they're playing in another band, and, and you know, there's a lot of a lot of back and forth. So um, yeah, so, so I, I I mean, I was interested in reading the liner notes just to see oh. Well, he's in that other band too oh yeah you know it's like yeah there was a lot really, of
0: that was with- really it's really unique yeah and then you follow some of those artists through their musical career Walter you know with Gorilla Biscuits Quicksand Rival Schools all of the stuff and moving up also kind of I don't want to say the corporate ladder but into mm-hmm. that like professional music world through underground to major label and and uh I believe you had a hand in one of those um, later quicksand records, correct?
4: I don't think so. Did,
0: I thought, Jason, I, I thought you said he did slip. No, uh, that
2: was Alex Brown. Did that. okay. yeah. oh, that's right. I that will edit Alex this Brown. out. Talking, <laughs> talking about somebody that. actually commented that they liked that we didn't edit out our mistakes. By the way, ah, they well, I got you, a lot of mistakes. Said, they said that you, uh, you said something about the judge seven inch coming with the zine with uh-huh. schism yeah, yeah yeah and they said you corrected yourself uh-huh. and you weren't you weren't too proud to keep it in oh yeah and okay I, I got a big comment you know what
0: you either win or you learn that's what i'm going <laughs> to say exactly
1: <laughs> well let me take the opportunity to then ask about working with eze yes do
4: it it okay. um yeah i mean you know I, first of all i, I mean i would have worked with regulation longer had that relationship kept kept going, yeah. But, but it didn't, and and what I'm I'm very happy and, and proud of, of being a part of that 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 time and those and those records. But um, but the but you know working in in the music business as a designer, you gotta shift gears and do all kinds of music depending on what mm-hmm. the label is signing, right? So, you know, it went from from one underground scene to another, um, which you know when you when you're, you know you, you you weren't you weren't brought up into into that in that kind of thinking with you know for hardcore at least for me for sure and then and then finding myself you know with a label that's signing a lot of gangster rap, you know, white kid from an all white suburb, you know, it's just it was another education. Like, mm-hmm. um, we started working with with Easy's label and all of his artists, and he had quite a roster of, of artists. So. It wasn't just easy. It was all all of his people, um, and eventually Bone Thugs and Harmony, okay. and um, and so I would make a lot of trips out to L.A. and, and th- for those projects, I would be there for the creation of the of the photography. So you know we were shooting because it was all about you know the neighborhoods that you know that that these artists grew up in, and you know it was a lot of it was gang related you know we'd be we'd do shoots in east l a and compton, and guys would be you know heavily armed um you know we'd be doing shoots and and a car would come down the street at a slow pace and everybody would stop talking and be very alert you know there 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 were um some relationships that i I had during that time that you know went beyond just being an art director um one one guy who was uh, uh, um, had a, a a band called brownside ben toker he he I think he ended up in prison not long after I worked with him on a on a murder charge uh, for gang related activity he and I were like really we were butts you know and that that's a, something I never thought would happen um, he would take me around and he would show me all the spots where this thing happened or that thing happened or this mm-hmm. shootout happened, you know, where the drug deals were going on. He'd introduced me to all of his mistresses and, you know, it's just another one of those experiences where if I had not been chosen to go into, you know, art direction and design, I never would have had that, that exposure to uh, the lifestyle, um, that music, those people as human beings, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's, just, that's been the best part of my job and, you know, from hardcore music on you know, that's that's the best those those experiences with those people and getting to really be educated doing your homework about you know what they're about and and trying to get it right and them schooling you on it and bringing you back to their reality I mean kind of hard to imagine a more um, fulfilling experience in in a job you know? yeah. I mean, I, I was there, um, you we know, used to go into, into his offices and, you know, massive, massive, heavily armed bodyguards um, who didn't ever said a word <laughs> to you. And, uh, you know, go into his office and easy would be there and he'd do the same thing. He'd start throwing all this stuff out. This is this, this, and this uh, as artwork logos, you know, what do you, what do you think of this? Can you make this better? Can you do this over? Uh, this is what I want to do. Can you make it happen? And then, then you know, then it's like, okay, go, go do it. And it was a blast. I mean, it was scary. Yeah, it was definitely scary. <laughs> you know, there were times when, but you know, the same thing. The same thing. It was, you know, it was a little scary being at, at CBGBs you know, yeah. on that and that. night too. that, you yeah. Know, I mean, there were times when I would have to jump all, you know, jump over the bar to get out of the way of, a, you know, a, a fight. Yeah, you know, skinhead, you know, getting into a fight and rushing through CVs so you add onto the street and take it out on each other, you know, like dive over the bar. But um, exciting. I mean, exciting and fucking interesting. Um, there were a couple. There were a couple shootouts and video shoots with, with the, some of the some of Easy's artists. Um, I was in L.A. the day that he announced that he had AIDS. We were supposed to do a. We were supposed to be doing a photo shoot with MC Wren um, from NWA, and he didn't show up. And I was like all pissed off. Like, what? He, you know, he knew I was coming out to LA for this shoot. Where is he? Where is he? And I kept calling um, Ruthless Records office, and nobody was answering. And I finally got through, and they were like, "Well, Easy he just announced he had AIDS. Nobody's doing anything today."
2: Like, wow! Fuck. Wow!
4: Wild. Yeah.
0: So were you going back and forth between New York and L.A. just for working working with Ruthless and Relativity at the same time? Yeah. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And how old were you at this point? Um, I mean, I was I was. 30, I think Mm -hmm. 30 when I when I was working on the Revelation stuff. Mm -hmm. And so whenever that whenever that was older, obviously. (laughs)
0: But, <laughs> mid-30s you know. we'll say yeah, yeah this is like 93 yeah. uh, around this time yeah right yeah yeah, yeah, mm. yeah sounds right but yeah wild
2: and, you know, still, and, still younger than stigma
4: though
2: <laughs> <laughs> stigma <laughs> just turned 65 any stigma I'm, yeah i'm catching
4: up i'm catching up
2: belated happy birthday to the to the godfather
4: That's right. the most most energy for anybody that that age and, and, and yeah. Great, yeah.
2: incredible human
4: <laughs> uh
0: yep. flipping through some of the the stuff that you've worked on over the years um on discogs uh it's some of the covers are just so cool to see man that venom book of armageddon record with yes. like the, the purple again um that beat nuts record that looks like an old jazz record is so uh, yeah with the with the, the
4: devil's tail swirl um yes uh no it was one before that that's, that. That's what I call that that beat Nuts album was um they wanted to do something that felt like a jazz record yeah because they because they, they would sample a lot of stuff from you know mm-hmm. and so they wanted to they wanted to look like a like a blue note jazz yeah record. yeah exactly it, and I mean... uh, so, so we looked we looked through them and and, and I, f- I found a bunch that i thought could work for them and 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 that one um i think it, I remember who the original artist was um but we we liked that one because we we could turn that 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 little spiral graphic into a red devil's tail. Mm-hmm. the yeah. intoxicated
0: demons there we go yeah okay.
4: and then a so lot but of I, so, but i was like let's you know i don't really want to do this and then hear from Bluno right that we you know like that we infringed in some way so i So um, if if you know record cover design and and, and the whole history of it, this guy Reed Miles was the guy that did those classic blue note covers. So I tracked him down. I called him up and I told him what we were going to do. And he said, you know, this happens all the time, but I don't really mind it unless somebody does a really bad job of it. And then people say, what was that cover you did that, that really sucked and you'd have to say, no, that wasn't me that was somebody copying me in a bad way so yeah that he also, uh, he also, he also said that he that he uh, that that he didn't like jazz which was like oh kind of that's interesting know. he would take all his Blue Note records and go down and sell them at Sam Goody or whatever weird that's funny <laughs> uh, lots of albums by the band Death uh,
0: over the years Common Bone Thugs and Harmony. My favorite people in the world. A lot of Joe Satriani records over the years. Um, And then we were talking earlier about Tori Amos. Uh huh. Yeah. She's amazing. Uh huh. And then eventually you design a record that you win a Grammy for, right? Yeah. Well, and that Tor- was, the, the Tori I got I had a Grammy
4: nomination. Oh the, the Tori Amos you got a Grammy and which, nomination. which just for
2: people which Tori Amos record was that?
4: Scarlet, Scarlet's Walk.
2: Okay.
4: That was one of the records that I probably put in more effort and homework than than 90% of the projects I have worked on. Hmm. Because we, we did a whole interactive website that went along with that album to wow. which but, which was which, like a map of the United States with And Indian that was tribes. in,
0: and that was in 2002, which is the early days of the internet. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Um, but tell us about the album that you won a Grammy for.
4: Uh, that was uh, a reissue of Springsteen's um, "Darkness on the Edge of Town." Um, Great album. Yeah, it's a, it's when I'm, I mean when I was growing up, I grew up Jersey Shore. I was going to say Asbury, you know, you're close to Asbury Park. Yeah. I mean, Bruce Springsteen, you know, I would go out to bars and you never knew if it was a music bar, you never knew. I mean, he might show up. There were always rumors that he would show he up. He still home. does that apparently. He still like does in, that. Yeah. 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 But it, but in those days, you know, in the in the, in the late 70s, uh, early 80s, you know, it was, he would show up and, and play. So I, I uh, when I was a kid, my mother tells me this story. She, uh, she used to play pinochle with a lady in her church. And she would go over to their house and there would be this rock band practicing in their barn. And they were always like complaining about the noise. Well, that was is one of Bruce's first bands playing in there in that barn um the Castiles, I think that was the band at the time so I so I grew up knowing that little bit of information so the first time I met him I was like I gotta I gotta ask you if this is true and and it, and it was he definitely it was true he was telling me a little thing about it but then to find myself working on on his albums, and, and I had done a few of them. Yeah, Horizon. over the Rising yeah. came out after 9-11, that was a... Oh, that's, that a, that's a, another great record, too. It's a work of art, really is. Yeah. And so anyway, The Darkness in the Town was one that I'd listen to all the time mm-hmm. you know, in my younger days. And so to have that, you know, find myself at Columbia for one thing, and then being asked if I would work on Springsteen stuff, yeah okay yeah and then had that classic album come as a box set and he gave us access to all his notebooks so we kind of picked and choosed what pages to reproduce and did all this photo research um put it together so that it looked like a a spiral bound notebook which that's how he wrote his music There were he has tons of these spiral bound notebooks it's got the actual cover from one of his notebooks and and um this handwriting in it, and it just felt like a, like one of those perfect um, coming together of all the elements that that you want as an album package designer, where you've got a classic album, uh, an artist who's giving you access to very personal stuff. It's very intimate, feels like it's coming from him and his fans, are getting to look at it. it just, everything was kind of perfect. And I'm
2: assuming experience. he was super cool
4: to work with. Cause he just seems like such a rad guy. He, he's, you know, he's, he's complicated. He's, um. he's, he's got, you know, he's very concerned with his legacy. Mm. So, so he does not jump at any kind of solution. Like he wants to know that this is going to be something that he'll be proud of 10 years from now, 20 years from now and at this point. You know, he's much older. So yeah, he wants, he wants everything to be just the way he wants it. It's very particular. So in that, you know, that's, I respect that. Um, actually on this, on this one, he did give us a lot of, a lot of freedom because, you know, he had thought long and hard about sharing his notebooks. And once he made that decision, that was a big part of it. So
2: so what was, it was that like the
4: winning the Grammy? Were you like, I mean, that oh, had to be surreal. Awesome. <laughs> <It was fucking laughs> yeah. awesome. Um, it, um, John Mayer is also on Columbia and, 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 uh, Greg Lynn, who was his product manager at Columbia. I work with him a lot and he's Bruce Springsteen's product manager. And I guess he had sent a copy of it to, to John Mayer. And John's response was, and the Grammy goes to, and this was months <laughs> before. So, so I was like, okay, he knew that's good. That's a good sign. Oh, that's awesome. And, um, and I was like, you know, cause I, cause I, I mean, I, you know, this is my life. I pay attention to, yeah. To it's gun. your so le-
0: this like. This is your legacy too. Just like Springsteen. This is yeah. your name is going to yeah. be attached to forever.
4: Absolutely. And, and it was like, I believe that it was worthy of the Grammy mm-hmm. and then it was nominated and which was like, yes, yes. That's great. And, so, and, and, you know, and I have, my, I have my doubts about the Grammys in general, whether they really represent the best in music, but for design, that that's not being those um, awards are not being awarded by the general public. It's, it's designers. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's your peer, your actual peers and people who know album design. So it means a lot to in the, in the design community. So, yeah, so it was very, it was very, it was a nice endorsement of, of a lot of hard work. That's all. I mean, that's
2: just what a, what a, what an incredible thing like to go from designing, you know, hardcore record covers and metal covers and you know like you said being a jersey kid getting to work with bruce springsteen and winning yeah. a grammy like it's 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 uh it's the american dream you know yeah. like yeah right pretty awesome now yeah. you mentioned you have a child or kids what what do they yeah. think do they have any uh favorite covers that you've done or any you know um they, or, i've never even
4: asked, never asked them that question
0: you should ask you know, them what their hot
4: well. tracks are. Yeah, hey, what's the what's the hot covers, kids?
0: Let's gather around and look at my work. You tell me what you think is best and I'm not going to judge you for your answer, but I'm judging you for your answer. They've grown up with a
4: lot of music. You know, yeah. my wife is my, my wife knows more about music than I do. So um, yeah, they've, they've they've heard all the good stuff. Um, they certainly make up their own minds on on things. So they you, you can't is what you're saying. You can't, uh, yeah, you can't, you can't say, this is what you got to listen to. You right. know, they're going to pick their own, their own. They're going to do whatever so they want. Their yeah. own time. You know, you can't keep Justin Bieber out of their heads. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's possible. Yeah. But um, they've done pretty well. They've, and a lot of my, my kids have been to a lot of photo shoots, too. Mm. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I, I'm sure a think, lot of concerts, too. Yes. Yeah. Um, they've all their first concerts were ones that they went to with my artists mm-hmm. you know
0: that's so awesome.
4: and and we're and got backstage and got to yeah, meet of course them. yeah yeah so awesome. that was that, that that's big cool dad material for sure any other
0: <laughs> any other covers that you just looked at and you're like wow that's fucking cool man like this cover is cooler this layout is cool like anything else that sticks out in your mind
4: of uh, uh, just, just covers in general that you've done oh that i've done yeah, the rest of them, after Revelation, they all sucked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, uh, one of the covers uh, that is my favorite of, of, the, of a record that you worked on is the Colts, uh, the first Colts record where it has the two members of the band and their hair is flying. Yeah. Like, that photo has always struck me. Did you set up that photo shoot or was that just a photo
4: that was given to you? I, I, I was not at that shoot, but, oh. but we went through a, making we went through a lot making that the image
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's they were great those, yeah that, those two are great to work i love about. that record and i
2: love the, yeah. the cover yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. then do you yeah. have just a favorite album cover that you haven't done where you're like okay this is, i wish um, i did that cover
4: yeah like this i don't know like every like, like every talking heads cover probably um yes i um, i i love the whole i love the whole white stripes um series of covers uh uh-huh. you know, they, you know, they all they all kind of fit together.
2: Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Have
4: yeah. you ever
0: reached out to an artist and been like, "I want to do this cover for you"? Let, like, let me do your album cover, or is it usually the, um, you know, because of the
4: label? The, the yeah, I mean, being on the label has been. I mean, there's they have quite a catalog, so uh-huh. you, you know, you never. Like my another another moment, like the the, the Springsteen experience was um, that Patty Smith Columbia signed Patty Smith, mm-hmm. and you know, horses is one of my favorite albums among others of hers. And just her her um, as a as a human being, I've said this before. She you know, you're talking in the context of hardcore music. She is she fits right in there. Somebody oh yeah, she's lived like the that life. Mom. Yeah, I mean, she made those, she made the sacrifices. She never, she never sold out. She never compromised herself. Um, she always spoke her mind. She, she lived the life and it, and it paid off. She is now, she is now speaking of icons. She is an icon for having lived that kind of integrity. And, and you know, just like a lot of hardcore bands have, you know, the same thing. Um, but she, she was signed by Columbia and, and I did three records with her. And we got pretty be pretty close during the course of that because she's an artist and she she's very visual and and she is a great collaborator and um like so it's it, that was a great experience um, and and we did uh, we just we just had a lot of a lot of fun together and then she she won the national book award the same year that I won the Grammy so we were having this this little you know. Uh, ego fest, this little uh, celebration of our success together, which was funny. But um, yeah, I, I mean, it's really, I, I think about in in doing music design, um, it's great when the great cover and the experience of making that cover go together. But if I had to choose between the two, I I'd choose the experience because that's really where you grow as a human being. You know, I've I've met some and worked with some really great individuals and working with them to make their their cover represent themselves, whether I like the cover or not. It was, the, you know, the experience was, was was worth everything. So. So
2: we I know we touched because we're, we're going to start to wrap up for you, but uh, we touched on before when you're designing, are you thinking like. LP still, um, you know, now given the way people consume music or are you thinking like I've got to make it uh, so that it pops in this like little, you know, Spotify uh, box on on an iPhone or you kind of having to do reconcile both and be like, it's got to look, you know, it's got to look good both ways.
4: Yeah, I mean, when somebody wants to do a very complicated cover I'm, I'm not really very into that just because Mm -hmm. it's going to get lost by the time anybody sees it on online so yeah you do have to consider that but it seems like the the trend it took a while but the the cover design sort of evolved into something that works for both you know where it has a big impact on an lp but you still get the the idea from the smaller image so
0: jason and i both had uh someone that we're fans of that you yeah, worked with true. recently too. And that is Beyonce. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I actually stayed up to watch the, um, the performance of homecoming on Coachella. Cause that was like really late at night for me, you know, past my yeah. bedtime. And, uh, <laughs> I told my wife who's, uh, has actually flown across the country to see Beyonce play before I told her that we were interviewing you and the, you worked on the homecoming record and she's like, you got to ask him about homecoming. Oh my God. That's so fucking cool. This podcast is so cool. You're, I can't believe it. <laughs> is so,
4: um, anyway, Beyonce. That's all I got. Well, Beyonce, that, that, that's a, that's a big behind the scenes project. Cause mm-hmm. she has countless creative people who mm-hmm. make her what she is, you know, in ter- in, on her terms, but, but I have met her and she is lovely and, mm-hmm. and, and very smart and um, there, there, there was <laughs> she had a, one of her album covers um, I think it's called Five um, she invited me over to to give my my opinion on some of her covers and there were like five cover options that they were working on and I and it was like what do you think of this one I said it doesn't really feel like an like a Beyonce cover to me of course that became the cover. So I, so I take, I take full credit, full credit for that choice that she looked at me and said, well, if he doesn't like it, then I'm going with that one.
0: So uh, what's next for Dave Bett? What's next for your
4: creative world? Um, it just keeps going on and on. It's kind of relentless. I mean, you know, there's, there's every, every week there's, another project to get started on or, you know, so they're, and they're all happening, you know, <laughs> various stages. The one I'm, one I'm into right now, which I'm really enjoying is um, working with Pablo Dillon, who is uh, Bob's grandson. Oh, nice. Wow. Is yeah. he
0: Related. Is he a, a progeny of Jacob Dillon? No, he is the, the
4: nephew of Jacob. Oh, of interesting. Bob. But we do, but we do have, um, we do have uh the, the three generations of of villains on columbia now which is wow. pretty cool. And, and and bob's you know bob's still putting out genius music so pretty cool and and you know pablo's a lot different than his grandfather but he's but he loves his grandfather and his lord a lot from him which you know god bless him yeah,
0: yeah that's that's great. A, it's incredible yeah. cool yeah. dave thank you so much for taking yeah. the time out of your day to talk to us and nerd yes. out about uh, these records from the 1980s now at this point um yeah. you know it's it's really cool to hear that you were stoked on doing this stuff and it's really really cool to see where it took you and yeah. um i think Jason you had kind of one last
1: question um for Dave Oh, yeah. yeah. I was just going to ask if you had any advice for up and coming designers that are listening to the podcast and admire your work.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a great time to be a designer for music because you have, you've got the internet. You have, I mean, there are so many of our artists now, young, the, you know, the, the ones, the 19 year old rappers, especially you know, who are, but, but every, any, any, any um, artist who's grown up with, with the internet as part of their lives, they just, I've had so many artists who are saying, I found this photographer, this illustrator on Instagram. And, you know, can you find out who they are and can, I, can, they, can they do some work for me? That person, all they had to do was their own personal work and put it, post it online, and you know hope that somebody sees it and it's open to everybody so you know if if i was if i was starting out now i would just be doing my own personal work you know making it the best i could posting it on on instagram and just waiting for people to catch on to you you know whatever you can do just do self-promote i guess goes along with it but i'm not that kind of person but um Yeah. I mean, that's how people are being found. And, and it's, it's, you got, you got, you got everybody's eyes on you now. So it's a lot easier than it used to be for sure. Yeah. You don't have to pound the pavement anymore. The pavement is in your hands. Yeah. You don't need, you don't need an agent, a rep, you know, you, you don't have to have a head for business. You just, you know, and, and you, and, you know, you, you can also, now you can reach out to to other creative people. Right, directly. Yeah. Which and, unfortunately yeah. has made some people
0: have to pivot what they do, those agents and those, you know, maybe oh, yeah. some of
4: the other graphic designers, because now, like, everyone can just do it themselves. Oh, and, you know, and like I was saying, you know, like, you know, back in the days of Revelation, with these records, the, you know, they had to come to somebody like me to do the technical part of it. Not anybody. Anybody, you know, you, if you got a computer and you know, photo everybody knows how to work with Photoshop and you put together, you put together your own artwork and, and your own packaging. It's like kind of the perfect world as a, as an artist and a creative person. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Dave, thanks so much for talking to I us. Thank you guys. I really, really appreciate the, the time you've taken. To oh, no, thank take you. you. Seriously. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Well, um, uh,
0: like I said in the intro, I could have kept talking about some of those record covers. Like we could have talked for ten minutes just about death. Yeah, right? because at, at first I thought maybe he just did leprosy, but he did like a four, bunch yeah. or death covers. And then, yo, I I kind of quickly brought up that venom cover that he did yes (laughs) it's so sick (laughs) purple and yellow like it doesn't look like black metal at all which is actually cool to me um me and my dude hector who does a company called ales and ills we've been super into doing black metal shirt black metal band bootlegs i mean we don't make these bootlegs we just collect them yeah of like cool, cool colors like I have a pink immortal shirt and I have a chalky mint immortal shirt and like I think this kind of stuff is cool and I'm glad that these colors are seeping their way into hardcore again maybe it's like coming back full circle from the 80s even because in my uh kind of in let's say 98 to 2000 i don't know 10 i probably didn't buy a shirt that wasn't a size medium black shirt that's it that was fucking it and most of the bands that i listened to that's all they made and still to this day like i'm as we record this the three of us are wearing i'm wearing a nine inch nail shirt jason's wearing a youth of today shirt
2: Greg's wearing a
0: Madball shirt and they're all black. That's just yeah, how somehow...
2: I usually like, I usually avoid black shirts at this point because of, you know, I, I've worn them to death, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and I had, you know, a couple, uh, there's people, I think that are like, well, why, why are people doing these bootlegs when the bands have original designs? And I said, because a lot of the times, and I'm not talking about hardcore bands. I'm talking we're talking about, sure. like you said, like metal bands and uh-huh. you know nineties alternative bands that may may not even be active now yes. or whatever. But well, if you can get the official stuff, and I'm thinking because they're coming on such more it's so many more fun colors. Right. It's a better, bands. it's a it's cooler colors,
0: it's a better quality garment. A lot of times it's a better design. And yeah. um a lot of these Older bands, especially metal bands,
2: I just I'm going to say they're dumb for they not <laughs> I agree. for not it's putting a one-sided out one sided black t shirt. They print it on some terrible clean, crappy golf spun, you know, but like not not like a comfort colors or whatever. Right. And I think that the thing with bootlegging is that it's done by fans. Yes, and I think some of the best things are done when someone is actually a fan and knows what people want why do you think the Mandalorian is so good? Right. Right. Because Jon Favreau or Favreau or however you say it. Yeah. Favreau and Filoni. Yeah. They're fans. They're giving, they're, and they're
0: giving us what they wanted as a kid probably. Right. And, and and they're taking the ego out of it, which unfortunately a lot of older band guys are like, no, I don't, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm making what I want to make. And like, I can kind of I can respect them for sticking to their guns but on the other hand you have to give the fans what they want and you have to stay current and Agreed. Uh, they're going to do it themselves. And I give a bit of bow to Sammy from Revelation Records for enlisting Jeremy Dean to do a lot of yeah. design work because Jeremy Dean's designs are they're current. They're in fashion, they're nice they're cool uh and same with war records, Andrew Klein uses Jeremy Dean artwork for a lot of stuff, and it just it looks good it's yeah it, it just
2: look it's you, you know it just looks, it just looks better. It does. Like when when you get somebody that knows how to design things and somebody that knows what they would want in a, in a garment, in a shirt, because in the nineties, I feel like there were just so many shitty shirts, like just like screen, you know, one side, black, white ink, black shirt. Sure. Um, Which is, which is
0: cheap to produce. And so bands can sell that on tour you know, and, and make some
2: money to get to the next city. But that stuff just doesn't age well. Yeah. Right. And yeah. right now, where bands can't tour, I know you hate when we bring this up, Hav, but now's the time to have, <laughs> I think, that top quality merch. That right. So people are yes. supporting. You know? um, I, and- I want to bid of both the Mandalorian, though. Can we do that? Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> oh, the other thing that I was going to say about
0: uh, bootleg culture is that it is letting people get garments of cool shirts or cool whatever that people are selling now for outrageous prices. And wow, like, a, the- like as vintage, you mean? Yeah, like, yo, $250 for a 90s bootleg Youth of Today shirt? Really? Fuck off! Yeah, like why? Yeah, like like that was a bootleg. That was not an official band merch in the in yeah. the beginning. Or like I saw uh, a insert fascist heavy metal band name here nineties uh, bootleg for two hundred and eighty dollars. Like no, I I would rather pay my friend twenty five or thirty dollars. Yes
2: for that not mm-hmm.
0: that i and would wear, usually or, not that i would wear a Burzum shirt or anything
2: and they're usually but, like but, printed yeah. on much better quality that's shirts. the other thing right now is
0: the brand du jour is comfort colors because yeah um, it's, i think it's the best it's it's soft but it's not uh you know people complain about next level because it's thin it's con- mm-hmm. comparable to american apparel which sometimes people don't like I hate that. I love it. See, I I, I love it. I love that kind of stuff, but it's because I'm fucking a scrawny ass little dude, so I can I can wear that stuff. I'm I'm sorry to say. But those shirts also don't last a long time right. cuz they're so thin. The no. comfort so, colors is just the best. It is. And and the boat comfort- yeah! Shout out to Comfort Colors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get at us,
1: Comfort Colors. <laughs> chalky we'll be, yeah, green, to, chalky green is plug. the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Chalky green, Comfort Colors would be It's actually nice. chalky mint.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, chalky, chalky mint. mint. That's okay. I saw a Morbid Angel chalky mint shirt that I should have bought. And I didn't. Yeah. Pull the trigger on it. Well, you, you pull know the what? trigger on
0: it. Um, shout out to ContrabandGoods.com, where oh, yes. our our motto is: the time to buy it is when you see it. I agree.
2: It's honestly true. <laughs> it is. Although, sometimes, it's fucking gone. although sometimes it d- doesn't benefit when you buy something and then it ends up not selling and it's there for years and years and then goes on discount. But that's a risky take.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll, I guess before we close, a bit of bow to all our patrons. Um, yes. You know, thanks, everybody, for the support. Yes. And um, we, you know, have some cool stuff on deck and uh bonus stuff and i think we only are covering so it's 2020 right now
0: december 2020 i think we're only covering one more record this year we are right and we we, but we have we have we have episodes every week but we have a a couple more detail detours on the highway and then you know like any dad we're just gonna fucking get back on the road and start driving to our destination again 2021 so 2021 we got some good stuff planned
2: up next, we have Rev 16, Shelter, Perfection
0: of Desire. Huge record for me for many reasons. Um, um, I'm so much to get into that. Yeah.
2: So, all right. Cool.
1: That's all I got.
0: Yeah, that's all I got.
1: All I got. Bit of bow. Bit of bow.
0: Thanks. What's up, everybody? This is Javier from the Where It Went podcast. Just wanted to give a special bit of bow to our top tier patrons. Dirk Focused, Quiet Keith, Siren Records, Billy Tennell, Nate of Head to Wall fame, Ed Goodlife, Greg Jackson, Chad Keplinger, Tim Shear, Mike the Mosher, O'Neill, the Horsefucker, John Cowell, and Brandon Gavell. If you're interested in helping us out on Patreon, I suggest you head on over to www. (laughs) www.whereitwentpodcast.com You can find a lot of cool information there See you next time